This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. Well, good morning, everybody. I'm going to just finish off our last message in this series called The Best Christmas Ever. I'm going to do a very short version of it. Um, so that we can have a, lots of time with family and friends today and start to actually rest up from the weekend, right? Um, but I just want to open in a word of prayer, and then I'm going to jump right in. Father, I'm grateful for, Lord, your love that was displayed not only 2,000 years ago, but throughout all of human history. Lord, that your heart is always to pursue relationship. And it was because of that pursuit that led to the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, being born 2,000 years ago, the Redeemer of mankind. Father, we pray today that your love would be on display to every single individual in a profound way. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. I don't know about you guys. I'm just going to throw this up here. I don't know. if Maybe I'll do it over here. See if this holds. Let's hope it does. For those that are closer, you can actually see that it's actually the Hands of Hope sign. Um, how many have Christmas ornaments on your tree that have special meaning? And some of the ones that have the most special meaning don't look the most professional, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> can, I, can, can I get a witness? Come on now. Yeah. I actually still have one. Uh, that I was uh, blessed enough to be able to take from my parents' little box of goodies that I actually did when I was in grade one. And it's on, it's on our, our family tree at home. And, um, and we have so, I mean, I could have literally probably picked like 500 uh, ornaments to bring this morning. But we all know that ornaments have special meaning. We get that. And this one has special meaning for us as a family for a lot of different reasons. First of all, it was actually made almost... It was almost 10 years ago. Um, I believe it was our second or our third year of Hands of Hope. And there was a, a lady in the church who we know as Miss Patty. Some of you may know her as Patricia, but we know her as Miss Patty. And she loves to draw. She loves to paint. She loves to do a whole bunch of different things. And one uh, Christmas uh, service, she actually came up to us with this special box. And she said, this is just something that I, I wanted to do for you and your family um, because this is what you have brought me in my life is hope. And we're like, okay, great. We didn't know what it was. We opened it up, and it's literally, if you see our Hands of Hope graphic, it's almost identical uh, to it, including the, the lights off the side and the, the, just the beautiful decorations and the, and the colors and the look, the, the design. It's, it's perfect in so many different ways. Why does that have meaning? Well, you can think of the ornaments that you guys have at home, and you know why certain things have meaning, and maybe why certain things uh, have a different type of meaning, if you know what I'm getting. Uh, But it was significant for us, number one, because of who it came from, and the meaning behind that gift, knowing the connection point in the journey that we had with that individual and that she had with us, and not just us, but that she had with each of our children, and still does to this day. Somebody who's touched every single person in our house. But I'm going to tell you why it has 
meaning even in other ways. First of all, it's a reminder to us that we get to do a project every single year to bless our city. And for our kids, this is huge because we realize and we are teaching our children that, listen, living the gospel is not just about what we get to do inside our church walls or in our ministries and programs, but in, in a lot of ways it's as important or even more important with what we do outside of our four walls. And so every single time we, we see this, it's reminding us of people that have touched our lives and people that we've touched their lives. It reminds us of a community focus, a city-reaching focus. But I'm going to tell you something else. It represents to us the love of God. Love that's been given, love that's been received. I don't know about you, but bringing God's love to people can bring deep meaning to your life. We saw that on display this entire week, and most especially between 12 noon and 3 p.m. yesterday. So many stories. I've already been hearing stories. I've heard stories from Mar- about Marnie and Ted's drop-off, and I've heard stories from some other people's drop-offs. We actually had a, a pretty significant drop-off yesterday as well with, um, with the family that's actually been in the news for the last two weeks, the family that lost their house and lost their husband, their father, in a car accident. We had the privilege of delivering to their family, seeing their kids. Um, just gut-wrenching. Gut-wrenching thinking about what that family is going through. And I don't know about you, but they're probably not thinking this Christmas about the love of God. If I'm in their shoes and I didn't know Christ, I probably wouldn't be thinking that either. But my prayer is that through a very, very tangible sense of love from this house, that they would somehow over the next couple of days have an encounter with the one who loves perfectly. And who loves in such a pure and healing way that you cannot even describe what that feels like. That you cannot even describe the healing that takes place in your heart and in your soul. That's what our prayer is for this Christmas season. So the best Christmas ever is love. In the form of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I like to look up definitions. It always kind of just helps center things for me. And Webster's Dictionary meaning, which interestingly enough, he was a born-again believer, if you knew that back in the day when he wrote the original Webster's Dictionary, you would have actually what would be considered a, 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 a community or culturally normal definition, but then below it would actually have a theological definition to the words. That was the original Webster's Dictionary. It would have a, a kind of a modern-day understanding of what that word meant, and then a theological understanding of what that word meant. And he said this. He said uh, that the word love means a strong affection for, a warm attachment or devotion to, unselfish, loyal, benevolent. Well, how does that compare to the actual Greek word, the actual Hebrew word, the word that we would understand the New Testament as agape? And it means the divine love, the God kind of love, love in a moral or pure sense, benevolence and kindness. I don't know about you, but we're living in a day and age where love... And why we're hearing about all kinds of wrong forms of love is because at the core, it's impure. But God's love is pure. God's love is selfless. It is benevolent in its purest sense of the word. When I was uh, coming kind of through some of the the dark seasons of my life in my late teens and my early 20s, 
Um, I had a, an individual that came into my life uh, in my teenage years that became in so many ways like a spiritual parent to me, a spiritual father. And I'm not saying that this is what you should do, but this is what we did for every single day for about five years, is we actually took the Amplified Bible's version of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 to 8, and we read it every day, literally every day. And he would say to me, you know, when you're not feeling like loving like what the Bible says, just let it be a reminder that it's just a test, and you've got a test to, to win, and you've got a test to pass, and if you don't get the test right, then you're going to probably have another opportunity very soon to pass the test again. And if you don't pass that test, what's awesome with God is you're allowed rewrites. And you can rewrite the test as often as it takes for you to get it right. Right? And this was the standard of love that he lived by. This is the standard of love that he's calling us to as believers in Christ. Love is patient. Oh, you lost me there. <laughs> okay, I didn't even pass the first part. How many can say, yeah, that, okay, you know what I'm saying, that's me, all right. Love is patient. Oh, love is kind. What happens if they're not kind to me? Love, the God kind of love, is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Uh Uh-oh. It keeps no record of wrongs. Failed. (laughs) If we're all being honest right now, every one of us have failed that one. How do I know? Go walk down the middle of the Cataraqui Mall over the next two days. Pray that God will bring the person that you're supposed to love and see your reaction on the inside. You will not be saying Merry Christmas very quickly to those people. You'll be doing other things, but probably not kind, patient, honoring. You know, you'll probably be doing things that don't quite fit that. Okay, and then it gets really, really, this gets tough. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. I like that one. It always protects. It always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. I wish it just would say sometimes. And then I think to myself, I can pass that test. Sometimes I look real good. And it says always. I'm like, God, is this a standard that we cannot absolutely live up to? And his answer is, yeah, without me. But with me, all things are possible. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. And where there is knowledge, it will pass away. In other words, all this other stuff is fluff. It's good. God will use it. But what matters? Love. So at the very core, Christmas has always been and will always be about love. It's about the gift of love in a tiny little manger, a gift for you, a gift for everyone. It is God's gift of love to you. And the only thing he's asking for you today is to receive it. You say, some of you may say, well, I'm already a believer. That's okay. Trust me. You have not received the fullness yet. So have a heart that's open to say, God, what else do you want to show me about your love today? 
What is it that I don't understand? What is it that I don't see? What is it that I filter out through my experiences and my pains and my, and my discouragement and my regret? Help me to see the purity of your love this morning. Well, the first thought is very simple. God is love. Say after me, God is love. Say it like you mean it. God is love. Slightly better. Come on, give me the gusto. God is love. That was better. Okay, that makes me feel better. First John 4, 7 to 10, it says this. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by doing what? By sending his son, his one and only son, into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real life, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away sins. I've often said this, uh, whenever you're getting into some relational conflict with people, and have you ever been into this, this battle between two people, and you're just, you can just see that one person's angry at the other person, the other person's angry, the other person's offended, this person's offended, they don't want to talk to each other, so they'd rather just post about it on Facebook. Oh, did I say that? Anyhow, anyhow, so that's what happens. You know how it goes. And they come to me and say, would you just deal with this thing? And I go... Well, you can. You can go ahead. It's all good. You got everything you need inside of you to deal with it. It's going to be good. And then the response is almost always humanly the same. It's how it goes. Well, if they came to me and just made it right, then I could. And my response is love initiates. Jesus initiated long before we were ever going to come to him. So I want you to know this morning, God's love didn't just come 2,000 years ago for your salvation. He actually came so that you would not only be saved, but that you would thrive in life. In every relationship, and in every decision, and in every financial decision, and every decision revolving your children, or your jobs, or your health, or your future. Every single thing, God's love encapsulates. God is love. Every action by God is motivated by love. God sent his son to the earth because of love. But you have to understand this morning, God doesn't have love in that sense. God doesn't give love in that sense. God is love. So if you have him, you've got it. Kind of how the package goes. Number two, you don't fall into love. You choose love. Uh Uh-oh. John 3.16, most famous verse in all of of Scripture. You're going to go home this afternoon. You're going to see... NFL football, and in every stadium across the United States, you're going to see this verse on a placard multiple times in the stadiums, outside the stadiums, on camera and off camera, it doesn't matter, they're everywhere. And it says this, for God so loved the world that he gave. Oh, oh. He gave long before he knew he was going to get a response, but he gave. His one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God initiates, we're the responders. That's as simple as that. God went to extreme and reckless ways to express his love for humanity. Extreme. The cross is the absolutely 
perfect image of sacrificial love. He suffered. Love suffers <laughs> for somebody else. I'm not even going to attempt to even, even say this gentleman's name because I will butcher it like crazy. But there's a great German theologian. <laughs> I'll say it like that. And he said this. Though we are incomplete, God loves us completely. Though we are imperfect, He loves us perfectly. Though we may feel lost and without compass, God's love encompasses us completely. He loves every one of us, even those who are flawed, rejected, awkward, sorrowful, or broken. How many of us in this room fit the last category? Mm -hmm. Come on now. All of us. And His love, His perfect love, is for us. Matthew one twenty one. it says this, And she will have a son. This is speaking of Mary. And you are to name him Jesus. Why? For he will save his people from their sins. He's already initiating his love for us. He already did it. Okay? And sometimes, if I can speak from my own life, sometimes he wants to save us from ourselves. Not just save us for eternity, but sometimes save us from ourselves. That's a scary one. But you have to understand today, God chooses you. He could have chosen other people, but he chose you. There's something about you that he's got his eye on. Why? Because his heart's for you. The cross was his choice. The cross was his display of love. Why? Because God's love chose you. What an amazing picture of the love of God. Now, it's you know what he wants from you? He wants you to choose him. In the midst of all of the craziness of our lives and all the midst of the craziness of, of schedules and, and obligations and all of these different things, God simply wants you to choose him. But I'm going to add in a little caveat to that. He doesn't want you just to choose him. He wants you to choose him first. First. Third thought, love comes to the rescue. Matthew 3, 7, or sorry, John 3, 17, it says this, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. He didn't come to condemn you. He came to save you. Big difference. Religion teaches you that He's come to condemn you. Relationship said He's come to redeem you. There's a big difference. Does it bother Him that at times we're far from Him? Absolutely. But condemnation does not come from Him. That comes from the enemy. What comes from Him? Conviction. Why? Because he wants you to draw you closer to his side. That's his heart. He wants you with him. Jesus came to restore relationship to the Father. Why? Because at the end of the day, sacrificial love will never look out for its own interest. Why? Because it's selfless. It's pure. Selfless love looks out for the benefit of others. Love comes to the rescue. Amen? Fourth thing is this. The wrapping should reveal what is inside? How many have ever had a present given to you on a, on a Christmas morning that looks so incredible, the way it's been wrapped, and the, the bow, and the, all these amazing things, it just looks perfect, and then somebody, usually a sibling in your family, has played a practical joke on you, they open the box, they get through all the way to the bottom, and they realize it's like a Chia Pet. Come on, how many have ever got the Chia Pet on Christmas or the Christmas staff parties? Come on. 
And it is the gift that keeps on giving every single staff party every year. Oh, there's the chia pet again. But the goal is you wrap it in this incredible, just immaculate box with amazing wrapping and a huge bow and all of this amazing stuff on it to tease somebody. But you have to understand that our outward treatment of people should always match our inner commitment to Christ. What people see on the outside can't just be love. Love has to emanate from the inside. Because I'm going to tell you why. This is, how, this is what happens in culture today. If somebody who is not a believer sees an inauthentic outside response that is not backed up by an inward conviction of a way of living, then their response is, well, if that's what Christianity is, no thanks. How do I know? Because that was me. Plastic Christian could play the game, knew how to say the right thing, knew how to look good, knew how to say the right thing to the pastor, but at the end of the day, my heart was distant, my heart was not there, my heart was somewhere else. So when I come back to this and I look at this, I realize there's something that is unique about this gift for our family. And it's the authenticity of the gift. But it's also the authenticity of the giver. And it's also the authenticity of the principle that this little ornament reminds us of every Christmas. Jesus' love is authentic. (laughs) There's nothing that he's trying to put a front on. What you see is what you get. Genuine, authentic, sacrificial, selfless, pure love. John 13, 34 to 35 says this. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Wow, says it better than I could. Mark 12, verses 30 and 31, it says this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself, for there is no commandment greater than these. No commandment greater. Love the Lord God with all your heart and love others as yourself. I love how Jesus just ties it all into this nice little package and puts this amazing simple little bow on it and says this is what it means to be a Jesus follower. The first Christmas 2,000 years ago was incredibly special because God's love was put into action. And yesterday, it was special because we put God's love into action. And I want to say to you this morning that the best Christmas ever is always a result of love. And your best Christmas ever this year will be as a result of love. God's love first displayed in a manger, then displayed on a cross is now displayed in our hearts for the sole purpose of us being a conduit of that love to those around us. We live in a very broken world. And I wish I could say as a pastor 
and I'm a, I'm a fairly positive guy. I'm a Lee fan. I'm a pretty positive guy. You know what I'm saying? But I can say as an observer, as a pastor, as a father, as a husband, that for some reason the world is getting more broken, more hurt, more disconnected than ever before. And unfortunately with Christmas, it's displayed all too often. So what I want you to think about this morning is love is not just a word. Love is a verb. <laughs> Love's an action. Love is a choice. It's not an emotion. It's a choice of our will to say yes, Jesus, to you. And yes, Jesus, use me to be a conduit of the love of God to others. Amen? I want to end with one verse this morning. Let's just stand together as I read it. 1 Corinthians 13, I already read verses 4 to 8, but I want to read the very last verse in that chapter. And it says this, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being loved yesterday. It was beautiful. (laughs) What a beautiful display of the love of the Father. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com.